Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder? Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not so distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So, pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Podcast, I am writing to you with a tale that I believe will intrigue your listeners, as it's something beyond the usual bumps in the night. It's about my house, or to be more precise, the upstairs hallway, and how it's become a source of continuous unease for me and, I believe, for something that I cannot see. Our story begins with the creaking of the floorboards, a sound you might attribute to an old house settling into itself. But this is no ordinary creaking. It's rhythmic, persistent, akin to footsteps pacing back and forth with a weight that suggests a presence. This might not seem all that peculiar, except it occurs when I am certain I'm the only one home. The sensation that accompanies these sounds is a gaze, intangible yet palpable, as if eyes are trained on me whenever I pass through the hallway. This feeling intensifies as I sit here in the computer room the threshold of that very corridor just a few paces away. It's a persistent watchfulness that sends chills down my spine. On occasion, my peripheral vision catches glimpses of something. It's never clear enough to discern details. It vanishes when I attempt to focus on it directly. Sometimes, though, there's a residual impression, a faint aura or outline where a figure should be but isn't. The auditory encounters don't end with footsteps. At times, there's tapping, an eerie scraping, and even what I can only describe as breathing, so faint one might think it imagined, except for the chilling certainty that it's not. These sounds aren't confined to the hallway either. They follow me into my room, invading my space. Especially at night, with the lights off, the experience intensifies. Lying in bed, I felt an oppressive presence that renders me immobile and breathless. Paralyzed under invisible weight, my senses heighten in a vain attempt to detect any movement in the darkness. It's during these moments that I feel certain there's something there, close by, watching. Could we have brought this upon ourselves? That's the question that haunts me. There are no antiques or heirlooms in my room. Nothing that traditionally harbors or attracts spirits. Yet the notion that this entity is somehow tied to us birthed from our own energies or brought home inadvertently is a thought I cannot shake off. I've begun to theorize there are two distinct presences. One seems bound to the hallway, its territorial pacing ever-present. The other is more personal, focusing its attention solely on me within the confines of my bedroom. I'm reaching out in hopes of understanding or perhaps finding a solution. Your podcast has covered many stories of hauntings and unexplained phenomena. 
Maybe you or your listeners can offer insight into what I'm facing. Is this a common occurrence? Are there steps I can take to rid myself and my home of these eerie occurrences? Or at least to understand them better? Your guidance or any advice from those who have experienced similar events would be invaluable. Thank you for taking the time to read my account. I eagerly await any thoughts or suggestions you might provide. Dear Podcast, As the sun dips below the horizon, casting a golden glow over the quiet suburb, I sit down to recount a tale that has lingered in my family, whispered in hushed tones during dimly lit evenings. This is not just a story of spectral hauntings, but also a testament to the enduring enigma of life after death, a narrative passed down from my mother, who experienced it firsthand. Growing up, my mother juggled multiple roles with an effortless grace that only a woman of her resilience could muster. By day, she was the linchpin of my father's thriving business, a beacon of support and proficiency. Yet, it was her side hustle as a hairdresser that brought an unexpected twist to our lives. Her clientele, a tapestry of friends and family, would often seek her expertise, trusting only her skilled hands to tame their tresses. I remember as a child, my sisters and I would find ourselves reluctantly accompanying our mother to one client's house in particular. This client was an elderly lady, a solitary soul whose family ties had frayed and faded with time. Her home was a relic of the past, its walls echoing with silent stories and memories long forgotten. As my mother breathed new life into her hair, the lady would share fragments of her life, each strand snipped away carrying the weight of years gone by. One fateful night, the old lady's heart quietly surrendered as she slept, leaving behind an empty house filled with whispers of her existence. The news of her departure was met with a somber air. She had become an inadvertent fixture in our lives through those routine visits. Months trickled by and the old house found new occupants. The cycle of life continued unabated until an innocuous gathering at our neighbor's body shop party unearthed the buried secrets of the old lady's abode. Amongst the chatter of sales pitches and the fragrance of lotions and potions, my mother struck up a conversation with Julie, a newcomer to our neighborhood. Julie's revelation sent a chill down the spines of all present. She spoke of unexplainable occurrences within the walls of her newly acquired home plates inexplicably hurtling through the air, radios flickering to life and silence on their own accord. The supernatural disturbances culminated in a chilling encounter for Julie's young son. He claimed to have witnessed the specter of an elderly woman looming at the foot of his bed during the witching hour. Eagerly pressing for details, my mother absorbed Julie's description of the apparition. Like pieces of a jigsaw falling into place, the image conjured before her was unmistakable. It was the very likeness of the departed old lady. The air grew thick as my mother divulged the home's history to Julie, that it was once inhabited by an elderly client she often visited. The revelation struck Julie like a thunderbolt, her fears now rooted in the tangible reality of the previous homeowner's death within those very walls. In her quest for solace and normalcy, Julie sought the aid of the local church. A figure of faith arrived at her doorstep, cloaked in solemnity, to perform a ritual that would cleanse the home of its restless spirit. 
In the aftermath of the spiritual intervention, an uncanny peace descended upon Julie's household. The poltergeist activity ceased, and her son's nocturnal visitations from the other side came to an end. Life resumed its mundane rhythm, yet those who had witnessed or heard of the events were left pondering the mysteries that lay beyond our mortal comprehension. As I pen this account to you, I am reminded that our world is intricately woven with threads of the unknown. The experience has left an indelible mark on my family, particularly on my mother, who never quite looked at her craft or life in quite the same way. We are all haunted by the ghosts of our pasts in one way or another, some more literally than others. I share this story with you not only as an eerie anecdote, but as a reflection on life's transient nature and the indomitable human spirit that persists even after we shed our earthly shackles. Thank you for providing a platform where such tales can be shared and pondered upon by curious souls seeking to peel back the veil that shrouds our world in mystery. Dear Podcast, It was a truth universally acknowledged that my younger brother, at the tender age of six, harbored no fear within his little heart. A daring soul he was, his fearlessness was tested in a way that most would find chilling, yet he remained unshaken by the event. Allow me to recount the tale that has since become a family legend, entwined with sorrow and the inexplicable. It began with the tragedy that struck our family. My Uncle Jack, a man known for his boisterous laughter and unruly hair, met with fate in the most abrupt manner. A car accident claimed his life, leaving no opportunity for goodbyes no final moments to treasure. It was a loss that cast a shadow over our family, yet for my brother, it was a distant reality far removed from his world of play and youthful distractions. Two weeks ensued after Uncle Jack's untimely departure from our lives. The routines of daily life had resumed their monotonous march, with one peculiar night standing out amidst them all. As my brother prepared for bed that evening, there was not a hint of apprehension in his actions. Sleep claimed him quickly, as it does with children spent from a day of endless energy. It was at the witching hour, around 2 a.m., when the veil between day and night grows thin, that my brother's slumber was interrupted. His eyes opened to the sight of a man sitting on the stairs, still as the night itself. The figure simply sat there, meeting my brother's gaze with an unspoken intensity. But fear was a stranger to my brother. He merely observed the man for a moment before sleep reclaimed him. Morning light brought with it questions and concerns. At the breakfast table, my brother casually inquired of my father about the nocturnal visitor. Who was that man sitting on the stairs last night? He asked with childlike curiosity. My father's reaction was one of alarm, conjuring images of intruders and dangers lurking in the dark. He pressed for details. What did this man look like? My brother's description was scant, hindered by the shroud of darkness that had enveloped the figure. Despite this, he managed to convey that the man had a face obscured by facial hair and locks of hair that cascaded long enough to be noticed. A sense of deja vu washed over us as we realized that this description bore an uncanny resemblance to Uncle Jack. Could it have been him? The second encounter I wish to share occurred during a gathering at our home. It was an ordinary evening with family, 
punctuated by a peculiar phenomenon involving a spoon and a bowl. Each time the spoon was placed within the bowl, it would inexplicably find its way out, clattering against the table as if pushed by unseen hands. Our family would dismiss it lightheartedly, attributing it to our resident ghost. Among our guests was my aunt, who possesses a sensitivity to the otherworldly. Upon witnessing the spoon's antics, she posed a question already answered by its performance. You know you have a ghost? To which my parents nonchalantly replied in affirmation. Upon my entrance to this scene of familial camaraderie and spectral mischief, I myself beheld an apparition awaiting me at the crest of the stairs. A man whose presence seemed as familiar as it was ethereal. Meanwhile, as the spoon continued its dance of defiance against gravity and logic, Another figure made itself known to me, a lady standing beside the image of our grandmother which adorned our wall. This was no ordinary picture. It was an old photograph of my great-grandmother who had long since passed away. The psychic confirmed what my eyes could scarcely believe. The lady bore an unmistakable resemblance to the person captured in that aged photograph above. As these encounters unfolded within our home, they wove themselves into the fabric of our family's narrative. They became stories shared in hushed tones and pondered over during quiet moments. Were they visitations from loved ones lost? Comforting assurances from beyond that they were still with us in some form? Or simply tricks of light and shadow playing upon the vulnerabilities of grief? The experiences I've shared with you are but two threads in the tapestry of unexplainable events that envelop our family's history. A history marked by an openness to possibilities beyond our understanding. Dear Podcast, I am reaching out to share with you a series of inexplicable occurrences that have been part of my life since I moved into my house here in a quaint corner of George County, Mississippi. My name is Lexi, and the experiences I'm about to recount involve an unseen presence I've come to know as Windy. I assure you, despite the initial reaction from friends and family who've heard this tale and dismissed it with laughter, every word is the truth. There's no embellishment or deception. Windy, whom I believe to be a ghost, has shown herself to be more of a mischievous spirit than a malevolent entity. Our introduction was subtle, a gradual realization on my part that I was not alone in my home. It began with small, almost dismissible incidents. Objects slightly out of place, fleeting shadows, and the occasional feeling of being watched. But these minor oddities soon escalated into events I could not ignore. One incident stands out vividly, marking the moment I could no longer deny Wendy's existence. It started with an argument, a heated exchange over the phone with my mother that left me frustrated and angry. In the heat of the moment, my temper got the better of me and I threw my phone onto my bed before storming off to sit by my dresser, positioned a few feet away from both my door and my bed. This spot became my refuge, where I could sit unseen and gather my thoughts. As I sat there stewing in my emotions, my father entered the room. His inquiry regarding the phone's whereabouts was innocent enough. He needed to use it, but it ignited the spark of realization that something unusual was occurring. We searched the bed where I was certain the phone had landed, yet it was nowhere to be found. It wasn't until later that the phone resurfaced, resting on its charger in the kitchen, 
a place I knew I hadn't placed it, and an area no one had accessed since the time of its disappearance. Instances like these became a regular part of my life. Personal belongings would vanish without a trace only to return in the most unexpected locations. Each time, I found myself alone when these shifts occurred, reinforcing my belief that Wendy was responsible. As time passed, I grew accustomed to these peculiar events. Wendy's presence felt almost familiar, like a roommate one learns to live with despite their quirks. Yet, calling her the ghost seemed to provoke her. It was as if she preferred to be acknowledged more personally, which led me to adopt the name Wendy for her. Her mischief extended beyond mere relocation of objects. There were nights when the stillness of the house would be broken by inexplicable sounds, footsteps where no feet tread, soft whispers void of a source, doors creaking open despite being securely closed moments before. Each event added another layer to Wendy's enigmatic character. While some might find such experiences terrifying, I must confess they brought a strange sense of wonder into my life. Wendy never harbored any malice. Her antics were never harmful, only playfully disruptive. It's as though she sought some form of interaction or acknowledgement within the confines of her spectral existence. My friends often questioned the authenticity of my experiences with Wendy, offering logical explanations or rational alternatives. They suggested drafts for moving objects and faulty memories for misplaced items. Yet no rational explanation could account for all the occurrences when pieced together. One could argue that living with a ghost might inspire fear or anxiety. However, Wendy's presence has become an integral part of my home's character. Her mischievous behavior serves as a reminder that there are mysteries in this world that defy explanation, phenomena that challenge our understanding and perception. As I send this letter to you, I wonder how many others have shared similar experiences, but kept them shrouded in secrecy for fear of ridicule or disbelief. By bringing my story into the light, perhaps others will find the courage to speak of their own encounters with the unexplained. Thank you for providing a platform where stories like mine can be told without judgment, where curiosity about the unknown is embraced rather than dismissed. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on Wendy's playful hauntings and perhaps even finding a place among your collection of extraordinary tales. With an open mind and an intrigued heart, Lexi. Dear Podcast, I write to you on a chilly December evening where the glow of holiday lights casts a warm hue against the falling snow and memories of past winters swirl like the gusts outside my window. What I am about to recount is a tale so strange and unsettling that it has taken me years to muster the courage to share it with anyone outside my immediate family. But now, I feel it is time to reveal our story, for it is one that defies the boundaries of life and death and challenges the very nature of our understanding. It all began during a visit to Montana, where I had gone to spend time with my aunt and cousin. The tranquility of that trip was shattered with a single phone call from my mother bearing the heartbreaking news that our beloved cat General had passed away. General had been a fixture in our home, his personality and quirks as much a part of the family as any human member. To hear of his death while miles away in the serene Montana landscape was a juxtaposition of peace and sorrow I'll never forget. A week later, 
Upon my return to our Colorado residence, I found myself trying to navigate a world that felt emptier without General's presence. One evening, as I was engrossed in the flickering images of the television in our living room, a sound pulled me from my distraction, a scratching noise familiar and yet impossibly out of place. This sound was unmistakably General's signature scratch, one he would make when seeking attention or announcing his desire to enter a room. Driven by a mix of curiosity and an inexplicable sense of hope, I rose from my seat and made my way to the kitchen. And there he was. General, as vivid and substantial as he had ever been in life, stood before me. It was as though he was not dead at all, but merely waiting for me to return home. His eyes held the same spark, his coat the same glossy sheen. The desire to reach out, to feel if he was real, was overwhelming. Yet as I approached, he vanished, leaving me alone in the kitchen with the ghostly echo of his presence. I kept this incident to myself, fearing that speaking it aloud would somehow make it less real, or worse, expose me to ridicule or concern for my mental well-being. However, this silence became impossible to maintain when my mother began to mention her own strange experiences. She complained of a persistent scratching noise at her bedroom door every morning at 3 a.m., initially dismissing it as either my twin brother or myself, playing some nocturnal prank. But the truth became undeniable one weekend when we were away at our father's house, an arrangement we kept every other weekend, and she heard the scratching yet again. Alone in the house and now certain that neither mice nor her children were to blame, she was forced to consider that something unexplainable was happening within our home. The revelation came on the night of our return from Dad's house. As we sat together on the couch lost in the plot of a movie, my mother suddenly leapt up with an urgency that startled me. Her gaze fixed on the kitchen, and when she spoke, her voice trembled with disbelief. Bree. It's... it's... G-General. She... he's in... in the K-kitchen. At that moment, I knew she had seen him too. It wasn't just a figment of my imagination. For three years following that confirmation, General would appear intermittently, always tangible, always just beyond reach. Each visitation was as confounding as the last, offering no explanation nor pattern. And then, without warning or reason, he stopped appearing altogether. It was as if he had moved on or perhaps found peace in some unknown way. Life continued its relentless march forward, and eventually, we found ourselves leaving Colorado behind for the sunny expanses of California. Eight months ago, we settled into a new home, fresh walls and unfamiliar corners that have yet to bear witness to General's spectral form. Despite this new beginning, my mother and I cannot shake the feeling that General's journey with us is not yet complete. There is an unspoken anticipation that lingers in the air a shared belief that he will manifest once again within this new chapter of our lives. So here I am, sharing this tale with you and your listeners, perhaps in search of answers, or maybe just hoping to find others who have experienced similar visitations from beloved pets long past. Whatever may come from divulging these events, I take solace in finally lifting the weight of silence that has shrouded this incredible story. Thank you for providing a platform for such extraordinary accounts. Dear Podcast, 
I am writing to share a series of events that have profoundly shaken my skepticism regarding the supernatural. Until six months ago, I could dismiss ghost stories as mere superstitions, but what I encountered has left an indelible mark on my perception of reality. I feel compelled to recount these experiences in detail, for they have transformed an incredulous observer into an unwilling participant in the inexplicable. For three and a half years, I was employed at a facility that was once a farm with a gruesome history. Rumors circulated among the staff about its past owner, a man now infamous for committing heinous acts of murder and torture. Although I initially regarded these tales with a healthy dose of skepticism, two incidents that transpired in my final months there have eroded my disbelief. The first incident occurred on an ordinary evening, around 5 p.m., as twilight began to cast its shadow. I was walking through a corridor leading to a storage room, a transitional space between work and quiet solitude. The room featured two doors and tiled flooring, characteristics that amplified every sound within its confines. As I proceeded, the unmistakable sound of a man muttering to himself pierced the silence. The voice was followed by the heavy, distinct echo of footsteps. The clarity of these sounds suggested proximity, yet the expected auditory cues of doors opening or closing were conspicuously absent, both before and after the occurrence. The second event unfolded as I traversed the same hallway on a different day. My journey was interrupted by an ominous sight in a small room adjoining the corridor. A tall, shadowy figure devoid of legs stood motionless in the corner. With tentative steps, I retraced my path to scrutinize the apparition. The figure remained, emanating an aura of malevolence. Suddenly, it surged forward, a blur accompanied by the faint yet piercing scream of someone enduring unimaginable agony. Each encounter alone was enough to unsettle me. Together, they were life-altering. The sensation of being watched had always been present in the building, but it was easy to attribute it to overactive imaginations fueled by local lore. After all, humans are predisposed to find patterns and meaning even where none exist. But the incidents I experienced transcended such rationalizations. The first event seemed to unfold in slow motion, etching itself into my memory with vivid detail. As I walked down the hallway that day, the atmosphere felt charged, as though the air itself held a current of anticipation. The voice was low and gravelly, as if the speaker were engaged in a hushed conversation with an unseen confidant. Despite my certainty that no one had passed through the doors before me, I would have heard them. I could not shake the feeling that someone was there. When the footsteps came thundering through the silence, they were so loud and clear that I spun around, fully expecting to confront a colleague playing a practical joke. But there was no one there. The corridor stretched empty in both directions, with only the faint hum of fluorescent lights overhead for company. The doors at either end of the hallway remained as I had left them, closed and undisturbed. A logical part of my brain clamored for an explanation. Perhaps it was an acoustic anomaly, or some trick of ventilation, causing sounds to carry from other parts of the building. Yet no amount of logic could account for the undeniable feeling that I had just encountered something beyond my understanding. It was this first experience that primed me for what happened next. When I saw the legless figure lurking in the corner room, my initial reaction was denial. It had to be a trick of light or shadow, 
Such things simply did not exist outside fiction and folklore. However, as I paused to verify what my eyes were seeing, the figure's presence became more tangible, its outline sharper against the dim interior. The figure's sudden movement toward me was accompanied by an ethereal scream that resonated with sorrow and pain so profound it seemed to reverberate through my very soul. Instinct took over. I ran, not stopping until I was well clear of the building and gasping for air in the open. These experiences have left me wrestling with questions I cannot answer and fears I never knew I had. The intervening months since have done little to diminish the vividness of these encounters or soothe the unease they triggered. My last days at that job were spent in heightened vigilance, bracing for another unexplained phenomenon that thankfully never came. Yet even now, removed from that place and its sinister history, I cannot enter a darkened hallway without a flicker of apprehension. These are not mere ghost stories passed down through generations or conjured up to entertain and frighten. They are my lived experiences, disturbing and uninvited intrusions upon reality as I knew it. I hope by sharing these events with your audience, perhaps others who have had similar experiences will feel less isolated and more understood. Skepticism is a sturdy shield until it is pierced by the unexplainable. And once that happens, one must reconcile with a world that is far more mysterious and unsettling than previously believed. Dear Podcast, My tale begins in the vibrant heart of Mexico, a land where the veil between the natural and supernatural often seems thinner than elsewhere. My teenage years were an intricate weave of fear and fascination, a time when the paranormal was as real to me as the cobbled streets and the sun-soaked adobe walls of my hometown. Now, as a mother, I recount these experiences from a safe distance, a chapter closed yet vivid in my memory. At 16, I had my first chilling encounter. One night, as I drifted at the edge of consciousness, a woman's voice sliced through the stillness, calling my name. It was an ethereal whisper that seemed both near and far, a siren's call anchoring me to a state of sleep paralysis. My body was an unresponsive vessel. I was imprisoned within myself, desperately trying to stir, to shout, to escape. But my eyes remained shut and my limbs were leaden. As I lay there, trapped in the twilight of my own fear, the presence made itself known in a more tangible manner. It seized my ankles firmly and dragged me sideways across the bed. Then, with a grace that belied its sinister intent, it lay down beside me. Panic surged through my veins as I struggled to form words, to appeal to this specter for mercy or an explanation. My lips trembled, managing only incoherent murmurs until at last I stammered out, Are you my mom? In that moment, a fervent prayer was all I could muster. I called out to every saint I had ever known, every divine entity that might listen. The power of faith, or perhaps sheer will, finally allowed me to open my eyes. The apparition was gone, vanished as if it had never been. The laughter of my mother at our neighbor's house reached my ears then, confirming what I already knew. This specter was not her. This ghostly woman did not limit her hauntings to me. She became a bane to my mother as well. 
My mom would often erupt into frustrated tirades after being subjected to the spirit's mischievous antics. She spoke of being jolted awake as an invisible force shoved her from her bed or tripped her up with an unseen hand. My father, a skeptic at heart, would listen to these tales with a dismissive ear, attributing them to overactive imaginations or the wind. It was not until November 20th that he became a reluctant believer. Our town was alive with the annual festival spirit, a day we anticipated with joy for its dance and revelry. My father insisted that my mother and I should attend without him while he rested at home, promising to join us later. As the festival reached its zenith with music and laughter filling the air, I noticed my father in the crowd. Confused, I approached him to inquire if it was time to leave, but his response was odd. He urged us to stay until the celebration's end. When we returned home later that evening, he was pale and agitated. He recounted his harrowing experience, a short nap disrupted by the unnerving sensation of the bed moving beneath him. Initially dismissive, he searched for a logical explanation, an animal perhaps. But when his eyes found no such culprit, the fear took hold. He admitted to fleeing our house like there was no tomorrow. A mix of shock and vindication washed over my mother and me. At last, he had seen the truth. These encounters with the unknown have stayed with me through the years. They were moments that shaped my understanding of the world in ways I cannot fully explain. Now that I'm responsible for two young lives, I am grateful these encounters are behind me. I share this story not to incite fear, but to bridge the gap between our world and the one that whispers just beyond our sight. Perhaps others will find solace in knowing they are not alone in their experiences or simply enjoy the thrill of a ghost story rooted in reality. Dear Podcast, At the tender age of 20, I sit to narrate a chilling encounter that continues to haunt my memories, a tale of eerie happenstance that befell my brother and me in our adolescent years. This is not just a simple ghost story, but a shared experience that has left an indelible mark on our psyche. It was the summer of my 12th year, a time when life should be carefree and full of youthful adventures. We had just moved into a new abode, nestled within the city limits, a home that promised new beginnings. Our nightly ritual involved basking in the solace of our front porch, where my brother, then 16 and I, would engage in endless conversations under the dim glow of the streetlights. One peculiar night, as the wind whispered secrets through the leaves, our idle talk was abruptly severed by a sight that would forever change our perception of reality. Both standing, we inadvertently cast our eyes toward the wooden steps leading up to our porch. A palpable silence engulfed us as terror swiftly chased away any semblance of calm. Before us stood a figure so bizarre and macabre that it defied all logic, a man devoid of a head. The phantom before us was dressed in an ordinary blue long-sleeved shirt paired with unassuming blue jeans. Yet, it was the distinct absence of his head that solidified the spectacle as something truly otherworldly. Our eyes locked in mutual horror, silently confirming each other's worst fears. My brother's voice trembled as he inquired whether I too had witnessed the apparition. With a nod I affirmed, and he pressed me for details desperate to validate the shared vision. As I recounted the attire of the headless specter, 
He echoed my description with unnerving accuracy. We were kindred witnesses to an inexplicable anomaly. In a frantic dash, propelled by instinctual fear, we retreated into the sanctuary of our home. Our parents became the unwilling audience to our tale, one that was met with skepticism and dismissed as a fanciful product of overactive imaginations. But for us, the fear was palpable, as real as the ground beneath our feet. The days that followed were tinged with an undercurrent of dread, an unspoken fear that clung to us like a second skin. The subsequent week unfolded with deceptive normality until an incident occurred that rekindled the terror of that fateful night. It was an ordinary afternoon. I sat in my room, basking in the warmth of sunlight that streamed through my open windows. It was then that I caught sight of a man passing by, an all-too-familiar blue shirt and jeans flashed before my eyes. A surge of adrenaline compelled me to give chase, driven by a mixture of curiosity and trepidation. Yet, as I burst through the doorway, the outside world greeted me with nothing but empty stillness. No sign of the man, no trace of any passerby. My heart raced with the possibility that it was my father I had seen, but this hope was quickly extinguished upon learning he was still bound to his workplace duties. The days turned into weeks, and life's relentless march dimmed the vividness of our encounter. Yet it remains etched in my mind and in my brothers, a shared experience so profound that it has woven itself into the fabric of who we are. As I pen this account, I am reminded that some stories, no matter how unbelievable, demand to be told. This narrative I entrust to you is more than just words. It is a testament to a mystery that two siblings stumbled upon one unsuspecting night. A headless man in blue who came and vanished like a shadow, cast by nothing at all. Yours sincerely, Jessica. Dear Podcast, I must share with you the most unsettling experience of my life. A tale so eerie and inexplicable that it has firmly embedded itself in the recesses of my mind, resurfacing in the quietest of hours. This encounter with the supernatural occurred during my innocent days in fourth grade, and has since haunted me into my current years as a nursing student. It was a seemingly ordinary day at school when the paranormal first made its presence known to me. As a child, I bore witness to an apparition so vivid and terrifying that it has since colored my perception of the world around me. In the deserted kindergarten room, a spectral figure materialized. A chubby girl adorned in a somber black dress, brandishing a handkerchief of the darkest hue. She floated before my very eyes, an unwelcome visitor from another realm. That chilling vision marked both the beginning and end of my visual encounters with ghosts. Yet it was but a prelude to a series of inexplicable sensations that would persist over the years. The whispers of unseen voices and the caresses of an unearthly wind have never ceased, sending shivers down my spine every time. Time marched on, and I found myself immersed in the rigorous discipline of nursing. As a third-year BS nursing student, I was assigned to partake in a practicum within the hallowed halls of a hospital's delivery room. Here, I was tasked with the solemn duty of overseeing births during the nocturnal hours between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. On one particular night, our watchful vigil was held over two expectant mothers in labor. 
By 1 a.m., one had given birth, and we swiftly transferred her to the ward, leaving us to tend to the remaining patient. The aftermath of delivery is often characterized by an overwhelming exhaustion that blankets all in attendance. As such, it wasn't long before my colleagues succumbed to slumber, leaving me alone with my duties. Amidst the sterile clatter of cleaning DR instruments, a disquieting sensation took hold. I felt an unseen presence behind me, footsteps that should have belonged to a peer. Yet when I turned to confront this invisible intruder, I was met only with an inexplicable gust of wind that seemed to slice through the silence. Attempting to dismiss the incident, I carried on until fatigue began to gnaw at my own resolve. At half past two, as I went about monitoring vital signs, I sought momentary solace in a secluded chair stationed near the labor room's entrance. There I allowed my eyes to close, leaning into the cool support of the wall. However, rest proved elusive as something stirred me from my half-slumber. Gradually opening my eyes, I perceived movement within the room, a figure pacing back and forth. Initially mistaking it for a nurse tending to our patient, I soon realized that this form was far too small to be an adult. In place of a staff member stood a little boy, his actions marked by an innocent buoyancy as he hopped joyfully around the room. Confusion and curiosity spurred me to rise and address him, but my body refused to comply. Paralyzed and mute, I could only watch in terror as my heart raced against the stillness of the night. The familiar sensation of goosebumps emerged once more as another cold breeze enveloped me, urging me to seek refuge in silent prayer. My ordeal came to an abrupt end as I succumbed to darkness after whispering my last prayer. It was only when I later awoke to the sounds of my classmates at 5 a.m. that normality seemed to return. The incident remained locked within me until the end of our shift at 7 a.m., when curiosity compelled me to inquire if any others had felt something amiss. The responses were divided. Some had sensed an inexplicable presence, while others remained blissfully unaware. Weeks passed before we returned to that same delivery room for another shift. This time, with no patients to attend to, our clinical instructor diverted our attention with tales that delved into the supernatural. While I remained silent about my own experience, one classmate spoke up with stories she had gleaned from others. Stories of the spirit of a little boy who played within the labor room walls. Our instructor then shared her own encounters, which bore an uncanny resemblance to mine. It was in that moment that I came to understand that what I had witnessed was no mere figment of sleep-deprived imagination. It was an experience shared by others, bound together by the spectral presence of that little boy. This episode remains etched in my memory, a chilling reminder that some things in this world simply cannot be explained by science or reason. Yours sincerely, Jessa. Dear Podcast, I am reaching out to you with a story that I have been grappling with for some time now, a story that has transformed the familiar comfort of my home into an eerie and unsettling place. It's late at night as I write to you, and I can't shake the sensation that I'm not alone, that unseen eyes are tracing my every move. This feeling of being watched has become a constant presence in my life. It began innocuously enough on an ordinary evening. My family had gathered at our house. My mother, 
who has been battling depression and is currently hospitalized, my grandmother, and my grandfather, for what was meant to be a casual viewing of Doctor Who. We enjoyed our time together, but nothing out of the ordinary occurred until they left. That's when my reality shifted in a way that I still struggle to comprehend. I recall rushing upstairs to the bathroom after their departure when, out of the corner of my eye, I glimpsed a figure that chilled me to the bone. It was a little girl, spectral and fleeting. My heart raced, and I fled downstairs in tears. When I recounted what I had seen to my grandmother, she tried to rationalize it as an optical illusion, perhaps the afterimage of staring at my younger sister too long. But deep down, I knew what I saw was no trick of the light. No one in my family took my claims seriously, which only fueled my frustration. However, my mother confided in me that she too had seen something similar when we first moved into this house. I'm torn between taking her at her word and the sneaking suspicion that she might just be saying that to ease my fears. After all, parents often weave comforting lies to shield their children from the dark realities of the world. The upper floor of our house has since turned into a cold, unwelcoming place. Whenever I'm there, the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end as if charged by the static of the unknown. The very act of discussing these events within those walls feels like a taboo. As though breaking that silence would invite something dreadful. Yet here I am, typing this message to you. Fingers trembling and perspiration lining my brow as I try to convey the urgency and authenticity of my experiences. One incident that particularly stands out occurred near the very bathroom where I first saw the apparition. I tripped and fell, causing concern not just for myself but for my baby sister whom I was holding at the time. She is only two years old and utterly dependent on me for safety. In my confusion and fear, I blamed the fall on the ghost convinced that some unseen force had reached out and tripped me. In an attempt to gather evidence of this haunting, I devised a plan one morning. Armed with my dad's phone, I decided to capture photographic proof of the ghost's existence. As I scanned the camera around in search of the perfect shot, a white blur darted past me, emanating from the shower area. It moved with such speed and subtlety that it seemed almost shy as if aware of my intentions, but not necessarily malicious. This week marks a new chapter in my quest for answers, as I've enlisted the help of my friends from the GTS Ghost Hunting Club. Together, we're determined to document this apparition and unveil the truth behind these occurrences. Our collective curiosity and determination have bound us together in this investigation, each of us driven by our personal reasons, but united by the thrill of the unknown. In sharing this story with you, I am both seeking an outlet for these pent-up anxieties and hoping that perhaps you might shed some light on these shadowy events. Your podcast has always approached such tales with a mix of skepticism and open-mindedness that I find reassuring. Please consider this story for your program, not just as another episode but as a genuine plea for understanding from someone living through an unexplainable phenomenon. Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you. 
like a spider's web, capturing the moonlight in its delicate, dew-drenched threads. Until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa, turning the last page of our even-bound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night.